After soaring by 300% last year, Bitcoin's value is still on the rise as investors pile funds into the digital currency. The prices of many other digital coins have also increased sharply as cryptocurrencies experience a mini boom. While some analysts are making wild predictions about Bitcoin's price rising as high as $400,000 from its current position of about $31,000, new investors should tread cautiously. In December 2017, one Bitcoin was worth almost $20,000, up around 1,900% from the start of the year, before plummeting in value in early 2018, leaving some investors badly burnt. So will this time be different? And what is the advice for investors looking to add Bitcoin to their portfolio now? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Alice Hayner, The National, and joining me today is Gaurav Kashyap, Market Strategist at Equity Global Markets. Welcome to the show, Gaurav. Thank you so much for having me, Alice, and a very happy new year to you and all your listeners out there. Thank you. Now, listen, Bitcoin's been on a bit of a ride towards the end of last year, and enthusiasts are probably enjoying their moment in the limelight. But for those new to the world of Bitcoin, what is it exactly and how does it work? Because some people, I don't think they really know what it is. Well, Alice, uh, to put it very simply, Bitcoin is a digital currency. It's a way of transacting uh, for goods and services uh, online. It is uh, a variant of a cryptocurrency, uh, which got obviously very, very popular back in January 2009 after the U.S. housing crisis. The network of cryptocurrencies, to put it very simply, it's made up of a couple of different segments. Uh, You have miners on one side, those who produce the Bitcoin using complex computer algorithms, Uh, On the other hand, you have uh, exchanges, crypto exchanges, whereby people like me and you can buy and sell and speculate um, on the value of of the cryptocurrencies. Um, In extension to this, of course, we have online wallets, we have other payment vendors whereby you can send and receive and even store cryptos. So this entire network comes together um, to use cryptos to transact for goods and services in an anonymous uh, manner. Um, And of course, these days, as you had mentioned, it's gaining a lot of momentum as uh, an investment class. So when did its value first start to soar? Bitcoin really started to take off uh, back in 2013. Um, Back in those days, it was trading at uh, $13 uh, per coin. Um, And in those days, it had rallied as high as $220. So it was a very substantial gain when looking at it in a percentage term. Um, Then shortly after that, of course, it corrected back down to $70 a coin in April. The rally continued and it continued to gain momentum in 2013 um, when it crossed uh, $1,000 a Bitcoin. So that first real rally, uh, which caught investors' attention, retail investors and Wall Street's attention was as early as 2013. But then it would continue to go up from there, didn't it? I mean, some people made a lot of money when the price soared up to 20000 in uh, 2017. Exactly. There was a lot of interest that was starting to come into Bitcoin. Of course, it was coming into a lot of um, investors' minds. Uh, retail investors were starting to take part in it more. We had more and more exchanges that were coming into the picture. Of course, uh, the initial coin offerings, which are a variant of the traditional IPO in stock markets. We had a very, very high number of ICOs also hitting the market. So yes, it was a very uh, significant and gradual rise from that early hiccup that we had encountered back in 2013. 
So what caused the value to crash in early 2018? Well, Alice, there were a lot of factors that led to that massive correction that we had back in 2018. Uh, First and foremost, obviously, as a result of all this hyped up demand, what my I, my personal opinion was is that there was an asset bubble which had formed in Bitcoin in those years. The rally in Bitcoin in those days was purely sentimental driven. Um, it was a lot of hot money coming in from retail clients. Um, and it kind of developed uh, an international fever which hit the globe. And of course, by the beginning of 2018, it started garnering a lot of attention from the finance world and it's like leading professionals. So of course, those days... Uh, Jamie, JP Morgan's CEO, Jamie Dimon, famously said he couldn't care less about Bitcoin, while legendary investor Warren Buffett called it rat poisoning squared. So there was no major institutional support uh, coming from Wall Street, um, while re- retail support kept plugging it on. And this kind of shook a Bitcoin when, when it was not being supported so much by the institutional space. Finally, of course, uh, the, U- uh, the U.S. Uh, Security and Exchange Commission, they refused to approve um, an approval from a Bitcoin-backed exchange-traded fund. So this further shook uh, Bitcoin bulls. So all these factors came together, which uh, which caused the correction to take place back in 2018. Now, since then, it's been a bit quieter. I mean, it's still, you know, it's had a few rises and falls. But the kind of surge that we saw at the end of last year was quite dramatic. So what's driving the rise this time? I mean, is this general uncertainty around COVID? Are people are looking for another place to park their cash in these crazy times? Most definitely, COVID has led to a ton of market volatility. That's across cryptos, that's across currencies, that's across commodities and the stock markets. Um, eventually, over the months of uh, 2020, the derailment of the U.S. dollar, um, which really depreciated in the second half of 2020, is what saw a lot of money piling into Bitcoin as well as other asset classes. If you look at the performance of the Dow Jones, there was that sharp reversal that took place from April all the way to December. We saw dollar weakness take euro higher, the British pound, gold, as well as uh, Bitcoin. So COVID definitely had a massive impact on on, on the crypto investing space. So how far can it go now? In large parts of the world are now going into another lockdown. And, and you know, people are talking about prices as crazy as $400,000 a coin. I mean, is that really viable? Can we really go there? To be honest, Alice, I think 400000 and higher is very vi- viable. Um, I'm not ready to put a time frame on it. But it, if we do see that level in a few years, I really would not be surprised. And the reason I'm saying this is because I believe we're at the beginning of a Wall Street gold rush into Bitcoin. Big investment banks are now starting to write about it more aggressively uh, in notes to their institutional and hedge fund uh, investors. Billionaires and other funds around the world are starting to pour into Bitcoin. Uh, we famously had CEO Michael Saylor of MicroStrategies. He tweeted back in December of 2020 that his firm, MicroStrategy, invested up to $650 million into Bitcoin, taking their holdings up to $1.6 billion. Skybridge Capital, headed by Anthony Scaramucci, with whom I did an interview right before the election last year, also filed an amendment with the Security and Exchange Commission to allow their $3.6 billion fund to start investing in Bitcoin, which just as of two days ago, has been launched under the Skybridge Bitcoin Fund. Again, Mexican billionaire Ricardo Salinas Plego recently revealed that 10% of his net worth has been converted into Bitcoin. 
And finally, Raul Paul recently tweeted that he also converted 98% of his holdings from gold into Bitcoin and Ethereum. So my point of this is a lot of smart people, institutional investors, short callers on Wall Street are saying these types of things. And this institutional demand from Wall Street and these billionaires will take, will eventually see Bitcoin hitting those highs of 300,000, 400,000. And the scary thing, Alice, is this doesn't even account for retail participation yet, which will take it to even higher levels, in my opinion. Wow. So anyone listening to this is going to be quickly creating their digital wallet right now if they haven't already done so. I mean, that's pretty a wild speculation looking ahead. I'm sure you're absolutely correct. But for people looking to make big money fast, that's quite a that's quite an opportunity. But it's a really volatile market, isn't it, Gaurav? So the wild swing ups upwards can also be matched by very wild swing downwards. And you've got to be quite a hardy investor to kind of keep up with that. Absolutely, Alice. And if I may just add, while I do see these much higher levels, I don't put a timeline on it. And I would not suggest people who are looking for quick returns to partake in in the world of cryptos, particularly Bitcoin, because as you had correctly mentioned, it is a very, very, very volatile uh, market. I mean, during bull runs in Bitcoin, you will always encounter sharp pullbacks and drawdowns. Like even in the most recent bull run up to 30,000 over the Thanksgiving period in 2020, there were corrections of up to 30%, which is very, very normal for an asset class like Bitcoin, which is so, um, you know, unregulated. So what I would suggest is for people who are looking for value, uh, long-term value, people who are not looking to day trade, uh, it may not give them as much value as if they were to just buy and hold, if that makes sense. Okay, so with that in mind, I mean, wild swings upwards and downwards, if people do want to get involved, perhaps they want to include that as part of their portfolio and they want to dip their toe into the cryptocurrency space, what do they need to get started? I mean, should they sort of sit for a while and try to learn about the market and assess it or should they just pile in now? I mean, what kind of strategy should they adopt? This is a fantastic question, Alice. And what I would tell all our listeners out there is to definitely, definitely, definitely research uh, what you're looking at investing into, whether this may be stocks, whether it may be into um, an IPO, as well as cryptocurrencies. So investors need to ask themselves first, why are you getting into it? What is your goal? What is your target? Why are you investing overall? What kind of gains are you trying to achieve? Are they realistic? Are you looking for short-term gains? Are you looking for longer-term gains? Are you looking to preserve your cash, which is slowly deteriorating over the years due to the central bank easing? Do you have that type of disposable income to take a hit in case there are these big swings that we've seen in, in cryptocurrencies? So once you figure out these metrics, then you can make an investment plan after you speak to your advisors. And of course, after you make your plan, then executing it is fairly simple. You know, you can invest in physical Bitcoin, or you can also speculate on the price movement um, in two different ways. You can, again, either buy it physically or you can trade Bitcoin ETFs. But overall, before getting into this asset, again, I would stress the fact that enter with a plan. I would... I would advise against looking at day trading Bitcoin because of that volatility. But if you're looking for an investment vehicle whereby you can preserve the value of your currency, I would definitely look at maybe dollar cost averaging, whereby it's a strategy where you keep every month you're sending $500 or $1,000 and converting it into Bitcoin and letting it sit there 
and gain over the years. Again, that's more of a medium term or longer term strategy, which is something that I buy into. And that way, that way, when you're trading, you don't really care about the price of Bitcoin today or tomorrow or day after. Instead, you're looking at a way of preserving your your holdings. You're looking at a way of preserving your your portfolio, which let's admit, if you're holding it in cash these days, it's it's not worth much. Now, a lot of people have been caught out in the past because, you know, some people think it's just, you know, there's nothing there. It's all in the air, they say. And, and yet they buy into it and they possibly put all their life savings into it at a time like now when it's at, you know, 31,000. And then if we see a dramatic fall, which you say that we probably will, um, they then lose it. And in their head, they've lost it and, and they sell and, and they sell it at a loss. So what you're advising is perhaps maybe more of a drip feed into Bitcoin, a longer term strategy where you're not trying to put all your money in at one go and only putting in what you can afford. And I think that's a really key message here is if you do want to invest, you really need to only put in what you can actually afford to lose. Would that be the right strategy? Absolutely. Absolutely nailed it on the head, Alice. When building your portfolio, definitely do have access to cryptos. I would obviously not go more than 70 to 80% of my overall portfolio looking at cryptos. I would have, it would be maybe a 10 to 20% of a portfolio that includes uh, commodity ETFs. It includes stocks. Of course, stocks are a very safe play as well as some bonds. So yes, keep your exposure low, put an amount of money that you are comfortable with risking. Uh, of course, speak to your financial advisors. And yes, this dollar cost averaging strategy, which which you've um, very nicely symbolized as, as drip investing, it, it really does work. So instead of piling in in one shot and being susceptible to big moves, you're, you're constantly over the months, over the weeks, you're dripping a smaller amount, which keeps you very, very isolated from these crazy swings that happen in, in cryptocurrencies. Put it away, don't think about it and just, you know, have a, as you say, have a small amount deposited in there and just watch it over time. But in the past, some people did get really badly burned. I mean, what kind of big mistakes have you seen from Bitcoin investors, you know, retail investors in the past? The major things that we've seen uh, based on my experience are, yes, uh, investors over leveraging investors who are putting money that they don't, uh, they can't afford to lose, um, you know, going along with the hype. Uh, some other cases that I've heard and I've experienced are not storing the Bitcoin correctly offline. Um, and when they do store it online, which I highly, highly don't recommend, uh, those are susceptible to hacks. Uh, there have been so many famous cases over the last 10 years where hundreds of millions of dollars of Bitcoin have been hacked. So these are the things that you kind of need to guard yourself against. Something that your broker should, it's their duty to explain you these things. Um, but yes, I think once you do your research and you get involved in the space, these things are very uh, kind of easy to navigate. So how should people do it? You've talked about investing in a Bitcoin ETF or about getting a digital wallet. What ways can people access Bitcoin? And, and talk to me a little bit more about making sure that you're storing it in the right way as well. In my opinion, I think the best way to to trade Bitcoin or to uh, hoard Bitcoin or to preserve Bitcoin is to a you can buy it from from one of the many exchanges uh, online. Um, one of the more favorite and more secure ones, in my experience, has been Coinbase. Um, so once you purchase the Bitcoin, you can then upload it into a wallet, an online wallet, or you can um, 
you can buy these special pen drives, these hard drives, whereby you can download the Bitcoin into that uh, specially created hard drive for cryptos. And then, of course, you can store it offline on this piece of hardware and have access to it whenever you want to. That's the most safest and most secure way. I would uh, urge our, our listeners to never um, never store it online. I know PayPal has recently come up with uh, with a wallet for Bitcoin, but again, that doesn't really work in my opinion because you can't take the Bitcoin out of PayPal. It'll always be sitting in PayPal's uh, records. So there are, there are many, many uh, hardwares that you can do this. It's as simple as you know getting the code onto your laptop once you purchase it from Coinbase, and then of course downloading it into your into your hardware. It sounds complicated, and lots of people have to learn if they want to go down that route. Personally, I've never invested myself, but who knows? But I mean, when you're thinking about cryptocurrencies, generally some people think that's reserved for the enthusiasts, people who've kind of throwing everything at it. But do you think it has the potential to be part of everybody's portfolio, as good as gold traditionally has been? I mean, gold's always had that traditional place store of secure value in your portfolio. Do you think Bitcoin will actually get a niche like that as well? For sure, Alice. For the two reasons I mentioned, it's going to it's already such a big part of the payment solution ecosystem currently uh, to transact for goods and services, but also as an investment class because of this Wall Street rush into Bitcoin. I think investors will start to take it a lot more seriously. It will start to form parts of people's portfolios. Um, I do think that the downside of it is that I ne- I don't for ever foresee central banks uh, fully coming on board with cryptocurrencies because, of course, that is a that is an alternate to their traditional fiat currency systems, uh, which would be challenged. And of course, because there's no oversight on cryptos, it never will be fully acknowledged by uh, by global central banks. But having said that, the demand from investors, the demand from the payment services will always keep it uh, in demand. There's so many cryptos out there, actually. Um, I've been waiting to see which particular crypto will kind of win the one horse race. So far, that's been Bitcoin. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that space consolidates over the next uh, few years. I mean, you, you talk about the other digital currencies, and there's a lot of them. I mean, Ethereum, for example, is the second biggest cryptocurrency, and it's gained 465% last year. What's the outlook there? There are a bunch of cryptos out there, Alice. Uh, the last I checked, there was something like 7,000 listed cryptos that had launched. But out of those, there are probably only about 10 to 15, which have a market cap of over more than a billion US dollars. Um, and out of these, the bigger ones to keep an eye out for, of course, other than Bitcoin, um, would be, of course, Ethereum, uh, Ripple, and Tether. But again, it all depends on it all depends on how this consolidation will take place over the next few years. What we're tending to see is you see a sp- sharp rally in Bitcoin. You see that rally also coming into Ripple as well as Ethereum. You see a big correction in Bitcoin that's also affecting Ethereum and, and Ripple, for example. So they're all very, very correlated. And I'd expect this consolidation to probably weed out some of these smaller cryptos. And over the years, we'll have less and less and less until we do reach that part of investing where there's only a few few cryptos to choose from. And what about the wider acceptance of cryptocurrencies as a payment method? I mean, in October, the Bank of England governor cautioned against using Bitcoin for payments. Do you think this will change in the future? I mean, can I do all my online shopping using Bitcoin? 
further down the line? So there's actually a lot you can do with Bitcoin. Um, of course, online shopping, furnishing your home, paying for online subscriptions. But again, I don't think it's going to overtake our, of, of course, our current fiat currency system. In fact, I hosted another webinar with uh, Mohammed Al-Aryan, who is the chief economic advisor of Allianz. And he had something very interesting to say. He said that central banks, global central banks, they have and they will always continue to approach cryptos kind of with a mixed feeling. Um, on one hand, he said that, you know, they'll they'll try to gain as much as insight into cryptos as to how they operate, the tech behind it, the demand behind it. And on the other, they'll always remain slightly suspect towards it because ultimately it goes against their fiat system and they don't have any control over, over an unregulated crypto. So cryptos taking over would mean central banks would lose control and that ultimately they will never do. Well, it's certainly something to watch for the future. So to wrap up, what is your best advice for the novice Bitcoin investor right now? Should they hand back, just watch what's going on, do their research, or should they dive in? Oh, that sounds risky. Bitcoin is going to be a big part of our ecosystem. Um, they, they perform a very specific function, albeit limited. Um, and it's always going to make up a big chunk of our global payment solution network. For all the things that we've discussed today, I would take it seriously. I would understand it more. I would research it, but I wouldn't get too carried away with it. Have some exposure to it with, uh, with what we discussed, that dollar cost averaging every month, putting a few hundred dollars which come out of your savings, which don't hurt, um, but only after you make a plan. If you have a plan to day trade it, but can't sustain these wild swings, then perhaps it's not the right asset class for you. If you're looking for an asset that will retain its value, give you decent growth over a medium to longer term horizon versus what cash, in my opinion, won't do, then it's something I would definitely look into. But have a plan, research it, discuss it with your financial planner, and then you can dollar cost average into it. And I suppose in this era of very low interest rates, it, that's quite a, a lucrative proposition for some people, isn't it? Alice, just look look at what your dirhams or what my dollars can buy uh, these days. Um, the, the, the cost of a simple Coca-Cola has gone from one dirham up to three dirhams in the last 10 to 15 years. That's that's a crazy level of depreciation. My My dirham is buying three times less than it could 10 years ago. So amidst this global massive central bank easing that we're seeing across the globe, our dollars, our dirhams will eventually buy less if these trends continue. So in my opinion, it's much better to, to move that money into assets which are outperforming and which have a higher way of giving you better returns. Well, thank you very much for your insights, Gaurav. Thank you, Alice. Always a pleasure. Thank you this week to Gaurav Kashyap. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me on pf at thenational.ae. And remember that PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app to receive weekly updates and leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison. I've been your host, Alice Haynes.